Welcome to Serious Inquiries Only. This is episode 343. I'm Thomas. That's Dr. Lindsay Osterman, professional co-host. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. A little sedentary today, honestly, mm. but otherwise okay. Yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm sedentary because it's a day that ends in day. Yep. What's yep. the old dad joke? Day that ends in Y, I guess. <laughs> Makes more sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but despite being sedentary, did get my Omicron booster a few weeks ago. So feel pretty good about that. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got mine. Yeah. Longer ago than that, because, you know, I'm just more into science and wow. medicine and okay. all that kind all right. of thing. <laughs> See how this recording's going to go. <laughs> no, I jumped on it right away. It was one of those ones where, like, it wasn't even displaying in my Kaiser app. Again, every time I mention my health insurance, anyone who doesn't know Kaiser is such a mystery to uh, Eli's joked about it, too, on the other show. But anyway, yeah, it was like not even available in the app. But then, like, I was waiting and watching. It was like refreshing, like I was trying to buy a PlayStation 5, you know? <laughs> And then I saw it all of a sudden. I was like, yeah, get, jump on it now. So I wow. got it right away. Now that is impressive. I think one Phoebe Smith can get a third shot. So the first booster maybe is available for kids. Nice. I'm not sure. Because, well, I have the young, the youngest group of kids, right? Two to five. So they're like two shots behind us, right? Yeah. Yeah. That That's sounds cool. right. Good news. Hey, is that at all related to what we're going to talk about today in any way? No idea what you're talking about. No. Or are we just making casual but natural conversation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. PSA, everybody, get your boosters. Turns out to be important. But how could you know that? Is there some way we could possibly measure any of those outcomes scientifically? Yeah, there's like a whole method and it's really scientific. There is. Yeah. Why don't you tell us all about it? <laughs> so we are talking about a paper that came out very recently. You sent this to me. It's called Excess Death Rates for Republicans and Democrats During the COVID-19 Pandemic. So they're leaving a little mystery as to which way this relationship will go. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. This came out, again, just very recently, 2022. It's actually not a peer-reviewed paper, which I don't oh, know has been okay. obvious from the reporting. It's an internal report from the National Bureau of Economic Research. Ah, so it's completely made up and designed for the lizard people to pure propaganda. Yes, exactly. No, but it's a it's a good report. It's a good paper, and there's a lot of good stuff to talk about here. The findings in this report are not exactly new. If anybody's been paying half attention, they've probably seen a number of headlines come out over the past year that suggest that COVID deaths are higher in red counties than blue counties. I'm not even making this up. I saw a headline around the same. I don't know if I was browsing the same thing or whatever when I sent you this. That said, like, Republicans dying more than Democrats of COVID. Experts are baffled or something. You know, something like that. And I was like, oh, is this satire or, like, sarcasm? But then I saw it was the New York Times. I was like, I don't think they do, like, (laughs) sarcasm headlines. How could there be any mystery about this? That's the part I'm confused about. Yeah, that's weird. Wait, I mean, was that connected to COVID specifically or was yes, it? Yes, of COVID. Huh. I'll admit I didn't read the article. I was so baffled by the headline. I was like, well, that's, yeah, obviously Republicans would be dying more because they don't believe in science. But, well, I yeah. guess we'll have to find out what this report says here. But no, that's really interesting. I would like to know what the story is behind the headline. If you find it again, I'll, let me I'll know. I'll have to find it again. But yeah, I agree with you. This is not surprising. This feels pretty much inevitable. Trump and other Republican leaders lied their asses off about COVID and then later about vaccines in a way that seems like it was bound to have dangerous consequences for Republican voters, assuming that those voters actually believed the bullshit that they were spewing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this report that we're talking about cites an experimental study conducted in March 2021. 
in which they found that Republican participants who saw a video clip indicating that Republican leaders endorsed the vaccine expressed significantly higher vaccination intentions Mm. compared to either a neutral control condition or a condition in which they saw endorsement from Democratic leadership. And they also found that that effect was fully explained by a change in perception that Trump and other Republican leaders would want them to get vaccinated. So, yes. And now I'm remembering back in the 2020 election, I'm pretty sure something came out shortly after that was like Trump's and the Republicans lies about covid may have killed enough people in Georgia to have made the election difference. <laughs> so I feel like this is not a new Yeah. <laughs> this is not a new thing, but this is a new report that has some more stuff. It does. That's cool. Yeah. But it's interesting that it also it sounds like they've isolated this a little bit further, like just directly <laughs> red-handed in terms of yes, it's the fact that these leaders are spreading these lies that like seems to be causally related to this phenomenon. It appears to be part of the picture, at least, a causal Mm -hmm. part of it. There may be other things going on, but I thought it was worth sharing that finding because it does suggest that like what these leaders say matters Mm -hmm. and it has an effect on people's attitudes and thus their behavioral intentions and eventually their behaviors. The stuff that they did prevented people from getting vaccinated, prevented them from engaging in other forms of behaviors to prevent the spread of COVID. So, Mm -hmm. So based on the evidence collected thus far, it really does feel irresistible to conclude, like from the those previous findings that red counties had more COVID deaths than blue counties, it feels irresistible to conclude that more Republicans than Democrats died of COVID because of the very stupid and dangerous lies that Republican leaders told. The thing that's notable about this new report is that it documents this relationship using individual level data rather than analyzing this relationship at the county level. And this is a really important statistical gap for them to fill because of something called the ecological fallacy. So when you find a relationship between variables at a group level, like a state or county level, it's tempting to assume that the correlation holds among individuals, but this is actually a bad inference, as it turns out. So it's entirely possible to find that things are correlated at the level of the state, but that that same relationship does not exist when you analyze individual data, or even that the relationship reverses in some cases. Yeah. This sounds like a cool stats thingy. I'm... Not a hundred percent sure. Is it because it could be like a, a statistical anomaly, maybe, or no? Not necessarily. It's just that you can get a correlation at a group level for reasons that have nothing to do with an individual level relationship. So I've, I've got an mm. example here. Okay. I did um, quite a bit of work in grad school with state level associations because we were doing a lot of work on something called the culture of honor and its various outcomes in the United States. Southern and Western states have been designated as honor states because they have populations that are disproportionately descended from the Scotch-Irish immigrants who brought over (laughs) this strong culture of honor, which means like it's a culture that places a strong emphasis on reputation and Mm -hmm. endorses like really extreme and even violent recourse if somebody threatens your reputation. Northeast states are designated non-honor states because their populations have different historical roots that don't emphasize those honor values. So there's been a bunch of research that sort of analyzes data at the state level to get a sense of relationships between honor, culture, and uh, these different outcomes, right? So back to ecological fallacy, in one paper, we showed that honor states have higher depression and suicide rates compared to non-honor states, and that's even after controlling for a bunch of potential confounds. So it's tempting to look at that correlation at the oh, level of the state. I think I know where this is going. Yeah. And assume that it means the individuals who endorse honor ideology are at higher risk of dying oh. by suicide. But it could be yeah. that something completely different is driving that correlation. So it could be that if you live in an area dominated by honor values that you don't share, 
It's alienating yeah. and isolating, and therefore the elevated suicides in honor areas are actually disproportionately among people who are low in honor values. That's totally possible, and that would mean that you get a positive correlation between honor and suicide at the state level, but a negative one at the individual Ooh, level. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, like, it's it's the environment itself that is really causing the effect rather than, like, the individual beliefs of the person. That's right. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I could imagine that with COVID because of the, like, you know, it's a community spread type thing. Yeah. That's kind of where I went, too. Yeah. And even if that were happening here, it would still be, like... You know, a bad thing about these beliefs, I guess it would just be less bad, maybe like it's not as directly causing people to die of COVID, but it is causing people in the environments of these people to die of COVID. Does that make sense? I think so. There's several potential explanations if the explanation is not actually that Republicans are dying more often, right? Which is possible, right? That could be the reason that you get the state level of association. It's just not the only possibility. I think another possibility is that like, People are dying more in these counties because of something along the lines of like, you know, there's more Republicans, so fewer people are getting vaccinated because of that. But that for whatever reason, that doesn't mean that Republicans are disproportionately dying more. Both Republicans and Democrats are both dying more because of the mm -hmm. lower sort of yeah. transmission. So like, I don't know that that's necessarily a better picture, right? As you say, the Republicans are still sort of creating that environment. Yeah, I think I was trying to say that with way worse words, which is like, essentially, it's still an indictment of right. the fact it's just like a little bit different than saying like, on an individual level, this leads to these outcomes. And honestly... You might expect that with stuff that is tragedy of the commons type stuff. Like, yeah. you know, if <laughs> you could you could almost turn it into that, like, oh, it turns out individual tragedy doesn't correlate with <laughs> what these beliefs on the tragedy of the commons, but like it does as a group, right? Yeah, exactly. If all we know about is the group level association, the county level associations, there is a piece of this that we are missing that maybe we would like to know about, which is mm. who's dying. And so the studies on this question still have that gap. What they're doing in the current paper is to fill that gap by looking at individual level data to see if the relationship holds between partisanship and death rates. And they do that by using voter registration data to link party affiliation to excess death rates at an individual level. If the association holds up here, then we can be more confident that what is driving the association between excess death rates in red versus blue counties is actually this individual relationship. So it's it's a good report. This is, I think, a, a very meaningful question for them to answer. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the data they used. They obtained publicly available 2017 voter files in Florida and Ohio. So this is not a national analysis. They just focused on people mm. in these two states. And these files contained a lot of information. So they had full name, date of birth, county of, of voter registration, and party affiliation. And the Florida voter files also included gender. Ohio did not. Why these two states in particular? Voter registration data was really easily accessible for these two states. Mm. So this is a convenient sample. We've talked before, I think, about like when we did the episodes on how social media influences election outcomes and things. We talked about the fact that, like, you can access voting information, including, like, voting records and, and registration information, but it varies from state to state in terms of how accessible that information is. Mm -hmm. Some states charge fees. Some of them require more credentials or an application process. In Florida, it's real easy. You can just submit a request to the office that handles this, and they will send you disks so you have to buy it. You have to buy a CD player. How is this easy? What is a disc? How am I going to find this ancient technology? Yeah, it's pretty tough. You got to go to a like a, a historical salvage. Yes. 
You got to go to your local Radio Shack. <laughs> local Radio Shack. Does Radio Shack still exist? I, feel I like don't think so. Did there's they? a couple. Didn't they close? I don't know. But yeah, you can send in the request. They send you the data files, and then you've got all the Florida voter registration files. In Ohio, you can just go to a website like right now if you want to and mm. download all the voter registration files. Oh, I, yeah, we have talked about this on something. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. I downloaded the complete voter registration data for Adams County in Ohio just because I could. It was really easy. <laughs> it's just the power went to your head. It's kind of creepy. It's like yeah. it's got everybody's names and addresses and stuff. It's, Whoa, wait, for real? Yeah. I thought it would be like anonymized of some way. No. What? It's, and yeah. You, can tell, you can't tell how people voted, but you can tell a party affiliation? Yes. Okay. I find that creepy. I don't like I it. I do as well. It's a very searchable format. I hope California protects that a little more. I think California does a little bit. I, I was looking at some of the state-by-state regulations, and it looked like California had more restrictions on who can get access to what. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think all states like have some yeah. voter registration information available. For candidates to be able to run and to know where to canvas and yeah, exactly. harass us and send us email, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they got these voter registration records, and they only analyzed data from registered Democrats and Republicans. So people that okay. were unaffiliated or independent voters or affiliated with some other party were excluded from this analysis. Separately, they obtained detailed mortality data for 2018 through 2021 so that they could calculate excess COVID deaths. And they got this data from a service called DataVant. This actually sounds pretty cool. DataVant maintains a database that connects federal official death files with information from newspapers and funeral homes and other sources to construct an individual level database with information on most deaths in the U.S. It's like hmm. this database contains more than 80% of deaths. So that's a pretty impressive data thing. DataVant maintains the database internally and provides information to clients by request. So it was actually DataVant and not the researchers themselves that linked the voter file information with the death data so that these researchers could then do the analysis they wanted to do. So they linked the data from the voter registration files with the entries in DataVant. And presto, they have a database with information on party affiliation of nearly 600,000 people aged 25 and older who died between 2018 and 2021, as well as some basic demographic information, age and gender. Finally, they also used county-level data from the CDC on vaccination rates so that they could look at how excess death rates changed as a function of vaccine adoption in each county. So they got information on what proportion of each county in Florida and Ohio had been vaccinated as of June 6, 2021, because this was two months after the vaccines became available to all adults in Ohio and Florida, and therefore everybody who wanted to get vaccinated theoretically could have by that point. Hmm. Before I can explain how they estimated excess COVID deaths, I need to explain how they set up their data just a little bit. So the researchers computed separate death counts for Republicans versus Democrats by month, county, and age group. And the age groupings that they used were relevant to COVID mortality risk. The groupings were 25 to 64, 65 to 74, 75 to 84, and 85 and older which is linked with meaningful differences in terms of what your likely mortality is if you get a COVID infection. They had these death counts broken out by party affiliation, month, county, and age group, meaning that one of their data points, for example, was how many registered Republicans between the ages of 25 and 64 died in Franklin County, Ohio in March 2018. They had that same count for March 2019, March 2020, March 2021, and so on through January of 2022. And then they had a comparable count for just Democrats in that age range and county and so on and so forth. Pretty straightforward. I'm excited for this because it seems like really good data. It seems like there's a lot you can tell from this. There really is a lot they can do with it. 
So because they arranged their data this way, they were able to compute excess death rates that controlled for pre-COVID mortality differences that were there as a function of county of residence, age, time of year, and political party. Right, right, right. So to be precise about it, their estimate of excess COVID deaths is essentially the percent difference between total deaths in any given month for any given county, age range, et cetera, after COVID compared with the same month in 2019. Because like the first way you'd try to pick this apart probably is be like, well, maybe these people were going to die sooner anyway for some reason. But if you're kind of isolating all those variables, then you're making the apples to apples comparison. Yeah, exactly. So which idiot apples denied uh, the science and didn't get the vaccine? I'm on the edge of my how, seat. How do we like it's... them apples? <laughs> Love them apples. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's talk about the results. So first, they just computed excess deaths overall relative to 2019, both for one year pre-COVID, so they, they used 2018, and for post-COVID. So that's March 2020 through January 2022. So this first analysis is just to establish kind of a baseline of what excess deaths looked like over time. It isn't bre- broken out by party affiliation yet, so we're just establishing what the overall trend in excess deaths looks like. Mm-hmm. And in terms of why they included 2018 excess deaths, which doesn't really make any sense since that was before COVID, right? Uh, but they included 2018 because it's useful to look at pre- a pre-COVID year yeah. in addition to the years that we're actually looking at to get a sense of annual fluctuation, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you look at their graph, what you see is that uh, quote-unquote excess deaths in 2018 just hover around zero, like you would expect them to. They're essentially identical to 2019. There's just little random fluctuations around 0% change. Oh, wait, there's no excess death. <laughs> so, oh, it's excess deaths due to COVID. I mean, all they have is excess deaths, right? They don't have like cause of death in this data set. Well, then how, sorry, how is an excess death defined then? Excess death, like the way that they get this is just like the the percentage change relative to 2019. Oh, okay. So that's why it would be zero is it's relative to a... Yeah. Uh, okay, gotcha. Because yeah. I was like, there's not zero premature deaths. I was trying to figure that out. No, yeah. It just means that... Like year over year. Yeah. Deaths look the same in 2018 as 2019, essentially. Same number of people driving too fast, roughly. Right. Doing dangerous stuff, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and just to underline, right, like it's it's not just that they're comparing the overall rate for 2019. Like they have this broken out on a month and county and age range basis. So it's like the number on average, like the number of 25 to 64 year olds who live in this particular county died at approximately similar rates in January of 2018 versus January of 2019. Like that's the Mm -hmm. level of granularity of their comparisons, which is important, I think. Yeah. So 2018 essentially looks the same as 2019 in terms of quote unquote excess deaths, meaning that those rates look about the same. Excess deaths during the pandemic show exactly the peaks that you would expect if you think back to the first two significant COVID waves that we got. So the first peak that you see here is in July 2020. The second one is in December 2020 slash January 2021. So no surprises there. We were all there. We saw those waves come and go. One thing worth noting here is that it looks like their estimate of excess deaths is tracking the information that we have about excess deaths from other sources that use different methods of estimating excess COVID deaths. So that's useful to know. Okay, next, they examined excess deaths over time separated by party affiliation. And what you see in their data here is pretty striking. So excess deaths among Republicans and Democrats look no different from each other in 2018. Mm. So they're on top of each other. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Already that's a little interesting. I I thought so too. I thought it was possible that there was a difference because of various factors. But nope, nope, no different. They also don't look different for the first part of the pandemic. So for the first few months after COVID became a thing in the U.S., which was March 2020, 
Democrats and Republicans have excess death rates that are completely on top of each other. There's no difference there. Wow. Excess deaths among Republicans start pulling slightly ahead of excess deaths among Democrats around October 2020 and thereafter remain at least nominally higher than Democrats, at least a little higher. But the difference is pretty small through late 2020 and into early 2021, and it's not statistically significant. There Mm -hmm. are like maybe two months during this earlier period in the pandemic in which the difference is just like barely statistically different from zero. But generally speaking, Republicans and Democrats did not have different excess death rates early in the um, pandemic, according to their estimates. Remind me uh, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to recall that at first COVID wasn't terribly politicized and it sort of took time for then for it to become a real partisan issue uh, at the hands of Trump and others. Well, I think that I think that's fair, but I mean, we're talking about into early 2021. So this is like Oh, it's that long? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought I thought that was a little bit surprising. I would have Well, well, no, I guess cuz I mean, it took so long for the vaccine to come out that Well, we're getting to the vaccine. Okay. <laughs> but like early on, I guess what I'm saying is there I don't there wasn't much we could do early on. I mean, I guess social distancing and stuff. Social distancing. Okay. Well, I guess then that's the question. And that's why I'm kind of interested in some other um, data on this. I I haven't seen like how much those measures helped at that time, you know? Well, yeah. It seems like either Democrats and Republicans were doing those roughly equally or they didn't help that much, right? Okay. They weren't doing them roughly equally. Okay. There's, we have very good data that like Republicans and Democrats differed pretty markedly in terms of their attitudes toward spread prevention measures like social distancing and their behavior, their actual behaviors measured with like cell phone data and stuff looked very different. So Mm. Republicans and Democrats were behaving differently. But yeah, at least from like this estimate that we're getting here, it doesn't look like that was translating into differential death rates, which I did find somewhat surprising. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but surely there was a difference in like transmission rates early in the pandemic. And for whatever reason, that wasn't translating into excess deaths early on for some reason. But like from what I was able to find, the story is a little more complicated and the Mm. data on this aren't awesome. So it's kind of I feel like we have an incomplete picture still of what was going on here. But yeah, so there's lots of evidence that Republicans and Democrats differed in what they were doing in terms of social distancing, but the available evidence on transmission rates is way more complicated. So Mm. one study suggested that transmission was actually way higher in blue counties than red counties, but- just going to say, yeah, do just for population because- Exactly. Population density is going to be hugely different there. Urban centers lean blue, rural, more sparsely populated areas lean red. And so that's going to obviously impact transmission rates in a way that is difficult to control at an individual level, potentially. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's part of what's going on. No, that totally makes sense. I I wasn't sure if that was controlled for in these data, because thinking back, my moron Republican family that denies all the science on this really felt pretty confident and cocky about it for the longest time. And part of that was because, you know, pe- Democrats live in places where people are yeah. and Republicans don't. So obviously it would be easier to avoid transmission in the country where I'm from, where the next person is five miles away. Yeah. But <laughs> it caught up to them because <laughs> you can't do that forever. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, especially uh, like so early on, especially you were probably OK for a few months after COVID got to the U.S. in rural areas just because mm-hmm. of how long it takes for the the cases yeah. to sort of work out. So yeah, I think that analysis is is spot on. There was all this panic around it. And I think that 
Republicans who were listening to the messaging from leaders were like looking at their experiences and thinking that confirmed that this wasn't actually a big deal. And that sucks because obviously there was going to come a point in which that wasn't going to be true anymore. The gap in excess death rates between Democrats and Republicans does not become statistically significant until vaccines became widely available to all U.S. adults. Every month after the vaccines were opened up to all adults, so that's April 2021, the gap between the rate of excess deaths among Republicans and Democrats continued to widen. And they had data in their set through January of 2022. So as of that month, earlier this year, Republican death rates were continuing to increase relative to Democrats. So Republicans and Democrats followed similar patterns in terms of when excess deaths peaked and troughed in a more absolute sense. And those patterns were in line with the spread of Delta and then later the Omicron variant. But in terms of the gap between Democrats and Republicans, that just steadily became larger and larger and larger from summer 2021 through at least January of 2022. Yeah. The Republican excess death rate was about 10 percent higher than that of Democrats in late summer of 2021. So it was like a little more than 20 percent excess death among Democrats versus about 35 percent excess deaths among Republicans. Wow. And that gap widened to about 25 percent in the winter of 2021 when you saw about 10% excess deaths relative to 2019 among Democrats versus 35% among Republicans, right? So these are significant numbers. Yes, they really are. This is not a 2% difference that happens to be statistically significant. These are big gaps. Yeah, I often ask you like, oh, what the hell does this effect size mean that you're talking about? But this seems seems pretty clear, yeah. I think that all said, and and I've got some data for a point later, but like all said and done, we're talking about probably hundreds of thousands of people dying because they didn't get vaccinated, even though they had vaccines available to them. And those are concentrated in red states, probably. And among Republicans specifically, it's not just red areas. Is there any sort of like healthcare access control, something that could be a problem here? I think that the fact that they are controlling for county would account for that. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. No, I, I think the way they broke this out was really smart in terms of addressing confounds like that. Yeah. So the fact that this difference only emerged after the introduction of vaccines is pretty suggestive that vaccine uptake, which we know from other studies, is associated with party affiliation, is probably a central part of why Republicans are dying at higher rates than Democrats. But we can't say that for sure based on this analysis alone. So they did one final interesting analysis that I think can help bolster that inference. Sorry, why can't we say that for sure exactly? We don't have information about each individual's vaccination status when they died. Mm. So it could be that there's some confound here that's producing this relationship. Seems far-fetched, but I'll accept that (laughs) must be a logical possibility. It does, but you can't completely rule it out. Yeah, okay. That's still there. Or, you know, it could have been that regardless of whether we got a vaccine, it was just going to take some time for that gap to emerge because of other behaviors and that that happened to be when the gap emerged, right? There's lots of other ways you could explain it. I guess that Makes sense. So uh, you're just saying specifically the vaccine, we can't tie it to. Yes. Oh, gotcha. We can't say that they're dying because they're unvaccinated. But they did They did do one final interesting analysis that I think can help bolster that inference. Again, it's not going to be 100%, but this does get us a significant step closer to making that inference pretty strongly. So they compared the rate of excess deaths among Republicans and Democrats as a function of the percentage of vaccinated residents in each county. Hmm. And they examined this both before and after vaccines were widely available in order to rule out the possibility that counties with higher vaccination rates were different prior 
to the actual introduction of vaccines in other ways that were meaningfully ah, impacting COVID interesting. deaths. Yeah. So in other words, they're looking at the relationship between percentage of vaccinated residents and percentage of excess Republican and Democrat deaths in each county. And they're looking at this relationship both early in the pandemic period, prior to the vaccines, and later in the pandemic, after vaccines, because even prior to the availability of vaccines, a county that had a 20% vaccination rate probably differed in a lot of important ways from a county that eventually had a 60% vaccination rate and in mm. ways that could have impacted excess deaths. So the point of this analysis is to help them strengthen that inference from the main analysis that vaccines are probably preventing excess deaths among Democrats and not among Republicans. Could this be because vaccines are a magic wonder science impossible miracle that it's amazing that we got so fast? Uh-huh. I wouldn't rule that out. Okay. Yeah. So it's much easier to infer that vaccines are magical and that that's responsible for this gap that we're seeing between Republicans and Democrats if we see a difference here after the introduction of vaccines that isn't there before the introduction of vaccines. But that would mean that Brett Weinstein is an idiot, and I just don't know if I can accept uh, that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, go on either. Yeah. Could I even sleep if that's true? Wow. Mm, yeah. I mean, can we sleep anyway? <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Not with Arlo in my house. Can't do it. Yeah. The first thing to say is that there is a very strong negative correlation even before vaccines became available between the percentage of a county that was eventually vaccinated by June 2021 and excess COVID deaths. So even pr prior to vaccines being there, counties that eventually had really low vaccine uptake had higher excess deaths than counties with high vaccine uptake. Mm. And this suggests that vaccine percentage is associated with other pre-existing county differences that were relevant to COVID mortality. And those could be lots of things, right? That yes. could be the measures we were talking about, maybe. Exactly. Right? right. Yeah. You mentioned healthcare availability and things like that. Could be that. Yes. Yeah. So it could be things like that. Is there any drilling down into what that is or um, is that beyond the scope here? It's not something they really discuss in this report. Right. No. Um, but I think that that's the very clear sort of implication of this relationship. Yeah. I could see the possibilities being pretty different there. Like I could see it and, and correct me if I'm misunderstanding the data, but I would see a real difference if it's like, well, yeah, those people have way less access to healthcare, And so they're not as well informed about the science or they weren't able to get the, the, the vaccine as much. Or I could see it being like, well, having gotten vaccinated later correlates really highly with having taken it seriously and done measures and masked up and social distance. And those are kind of two different things. It'd be interesting to know which might be more responsible. Yeah. Let me tell you about like the full findings here. And because I do think sure. that it speaks to, to what you're saying a little bit. Sorry, I thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> no. So two sort of panels here, right? One is looking at the relationship between vaccinated percentage and excess deaths for Republicans and Democrats before vaccines are introduced. The second panel is that same relationship, but after vaccines are introduced. And we're going to see if there's a difference there. Mm. So what we're seeing before the vaccines are introduced is that there's a really strong negative relationship between percentage of each county that's vaccinated and what their rate of excess deaths are. And that, I think, is speaking to these kinds of differences in like healthcare availability and things like that, right? However, the striking difference in their findings pre and post vaccines is that before vaccines are introduced, the relationship between percentage of vaccinated residents and excess COVID deaths looks absolutely no different among Republicans and Democrats. They're right on top of each other. Hmm. Party affiliation made no difference here for both Democrats and Republicans alike. They're both dying or, you know, around the same rate, according to how vaccinated the county eventually became. 
So it's showing that that environment, whatever's going on in that county that's less versus more vaccinated is affecting Democrats and Republicans equally. Hmm. However, after the introduction of vaccines, you see the following differences according to party affiliation. So first, excess deaths among Democrats are overall lower than Republicans. We already knew that from the main analyses. Mm -hmm. And the excess death rates among Democrats are not as strongly correlated with the percentage of the county that is vaccinated as you see Mm, in Republicans. Interesting. So in other words, excess deaths among Democrats are pretty low, regardless of whether they live in a highly vaccinated county or not. Interesting. Yeah. So like they're slightly higher in counties with low vaccination rates, but really not by much. It's, It's almost a flat line there. By contrast, among Republicans, excess death rates in each county are still strongly correlated with the percentage of the county that is vaccinated. In other words, the relationship between excess death rates and percent of vaccinated residents looks about the same among Republicans after the vaccine as it did before the vaccine. So there are way higher excess death rates among Republicans in counties with low vaccination rates. In counties with high vaccination rates, Republican excess death rates are essentially no different from those of Democrats. So I think the the reasonable inference there is probably clear. Democrats are not suffering as much in counties with low vaccination rates because they're vaccinated. They got vaccinated. <laughs> Republicans, on the other hand, are dying more if they live in those those red unvaccinated areas because transmission is higher because no one's vaccinated. But they are strongly benefiting from herd immunity in the highly vaccinated areas. Mm. And they're probably saying to themselves what you were saying your family was saying, which is like, look, I'm not vaccinated. I'm still not dead two years into the pandemic. Right. And it's like, yeah, because everybody around you is vaccinated. Good for you. Anyway. So bottom line of this final analysis is that the pattern of excess deaths changed favorably for Democrats following the introduction of the vaccines in a way that suggests the Democrats were being protected by the vaccines. Wow. Shocker. (laughs) Yeah. It just sucks that like all this amazing science to be like, and so as you can see, one plus one seems to equal two. Yep. (laughs) Pretty cool. I don't think I need to tell SIO listeners to get vaccinated. They, they've already done that. But like if anybody is like getting a little comfortable with like get the boosters like seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. I can imagine there's plenty of people that uh, haven't gotten the boosters. I think yeah. I saw something about that, actually, that we need to be on that as science minded people. Mm-hmm. Get your boosters immediately. Yeah. I mean, just as an example, I, like I'm way more ethically I'm way more moral than Lindsay because I got it like two weeks sooner <laughs> or so. So be yeah, like me. We already you know, knew that. It's been great. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a pedestal over here. Good for you. Lindsay's practically going to hell. I <laughs> am going to hell. It's, even though it doesn't exist, but yeah, but I'm still if going. It did it would be for people who got their booster two weeks later than me? <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no, seriously, get the boosters. And and uh, hey, you know the Omicron. I had really bad symptoms with both my initial vaccination and with my first booster. The Omicron booster was fine. Yeah, it wasn't much for me either. Yeah, f- highly recommend that you not become an excess death. Yeah, do some boosters. Yeah, be a normal death. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Die the correct amount, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, so just to, to rehash the take-home points and drive these home, so their analysis allowed them to establish that at an individual level, partisanship is associated with excess death rates after vaccines became widely available for COVID-19. We had group level data suggesting this association. It wasn't necessarily clear what was driving that, that Republicans were necessarily dying at higher rates than Democrats. This allows us to make that inference. It's crystal clear. 
It is. It is, I think. And they also did the supplemental analysis, which I really liked, with the vaccination percentage in each county that strongly suggests that this partisan difference in vaccine uptake is probably the mechanism responsible for the ever-increasing gap in excess deaths between Republicans and Democrats. Pattern of results is highly suggestive of that conclusion. Yeah, I think this was a really solid science thingy. Yeah, absolutely. This is like one of the best science thingies in terms of how clear it is that we've had on this show. I mean, this is just, and those numbers again, I mean, those are major numbers. It'd be one thing if it's like, yeah, you know, a hundred more people in the country died because of, you know, but this is a lot of people, preventable deaths, basically died of Trumpism. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and you know, what's also interesting. I think Republicans absolutely know this. Republican leaders know this. And Mm -hmm. you saw them try, (laughs) you saw them try to get to start flipping that message a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you remember like Trump in a couple speeches was like, ah, but uh, you know, the vaccine's a hoax, but definitely get it. Um, I got it. Uh, it's definitely, remember that? And then the, yeah. the crowd is like, boo. And he's like, yeah, never mind. You know, like he, he tried a little bit because I'm sure the evil, the competent evil people behind the scenes were like, we're killing a lot of voters. That voter need, base, that's need, right. Yeah, uh, it's not great. We've, we just run the numbers and uh, it's actually not good if you kill your own voters in large numbers. Weird. Yeah. So uh, can we try just get the vaccine on stage or whatever the hell it was? But at that point, you've lost control though. Oh yeah, it was, it was way too late at that point. And that's really interesting. And it, and it, to me, it raises the question of who was in control to begin with. You know, it, it's a complicated thing. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, would there, without Trump, would there have still been how much of this? That's not important to this study, by the way, but I'm just curious, like as a, as a curious, like political question, I don't know, like, I'm not sure what, who's driving whom more, but the point is by now, I mean, you've, you've lost it. Like you can't just decide, oh wait, this is killing people. Well, I'll just undo all the demagoguing I did (laughs) like instantly. Yeah. No, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. And and to speak to like just the volume here, I looked up estimates from the this is from the Brown School of Public Health. And their estimates suggest that over 300,000 deaths have occurred because people who had vaccines available to them have refused to get them. 300,000 deaths. And from data like we have from this study, we know that those deaths are heavily concentrated in red areas. For Ohio and Florida specifically, they estimate that we're talking unnecessary deaths due to unvaccinated status on the order of like 30 to 50,000 people in each state. Wow. That's a lot of people. Do we need to put that in terms of 9-11s for anybody to understand? <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of nine. It's like 20 9-11s. It is so many dead people that didn't have to be dead because these, these yeah. cynical assholes. And by the way, that's not the extent of the dead people. No. <laughs> It'd be like if on 9-11, <laughs> no, I shouldn't get that. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> that 100,000 people died, but like then a bunch more people didn't believe that the towers were on fire and stayed in and you're like- And therefore died. Yeah. Also that many more people never should have died at all in any way. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I, I actually like that, that <laughs> analogy quite a bit. I think it doesn't that, mean that, that the, the only, point. yeah, you know, like it's just so crazy. The numbers we're looking at, like we've just, I've said this a hundred times in the last two, three years, whatever it's been. We have no, we're unable to fathom the scale of death and of tragedy of COVID. I really think like, yeah. it's just so hard psychologically to the point where even these excess death numbers, if mm-hmm. you, if you could imagine pre COVID some news report, that's like, Hey, 50,000 people just fell over dead today. You'd be like, oh my fucking God, like what? 
just for no reason, like maybe a biological weapon attack, like whatever. We would have had World War III over that if it was a foreign enemy. And that's just excess deaths. Yeah, that's, that's not even all the deaths. That's right. That's just the deaths from people who didn't get vaccinated after they could. Crazy. That's it. That doesn't count. There's just hundreds of thousands of deaths prior to the vaccines being available. That's crazy. And yes, the thing to center in those numbers is the human tragedy that is at the center of this. So many people have lost family members. So many people have suffered tremendously because of the lies that Republican leaders told. And that is awful. I feel really bad about the following thought that I'm about to share. I'm ashamed of myself. (laughs) I'm not proud of it. Because again, these are not just numbers. These are reflections of, of actual human suffering. And that's, that is terrible. I have a ton of compassion for the Republican voters that just trusted their leaders. And when they told them this wasn't a big deal and that vaccines yeah. were not necessary, they believed them. Like yeah. that fucking sucks. I genuinely do feel compassion for that. With that said, I cannot help but feel just slightly satisfied because I know that the motivation for telling those lies in the first place had to do with maintaining political power. And at the rates that we are talking about with these excess deaths, like, I don't think it's inconceivable that in places where you have tight races between Republicans and Democrats, that this makes a difference. Yeah. Red hour areas is probably not going to matter. And super blue areas is probably not going to matter. But anywhere that's mixed, I think that they might have fucked themselves out of, like, holding on to, to seats. Let's hope so. Yeah. But again, I feel gross for going there on the basis of, of uh, data like this. Not my ideal self. Yeah, no, it sucks. I mean, obviously, on some level, no one's in control of everything, anything. And I get that. Like, it's hard to blame. In a a typical, like, no one has free will way. Yeah. We ought to be compassionate to, to everybody and empathetic to everybody. But at least the people who trusted science and the people who are, who vote in leaders that don't try to lie and kill people. At least they, they didn't die more. That's like the, the one bright side. That's nice that like yeah. the people who did those things didn't suffer unnecessary deaths. I like that framing. I shouldn't say unnecessary because there's a lot of unnecessary deaths, but well, didn't, yeah. didn't suffer more excess deaths, I guess. Yeah, there, there was some positive consequence for being lucky enough to be in that position. Yeah. Just trust science, everybody. Yep. It's so frustrating. Yes, you can come up with some examples from history when science went pretty bad. But like, it doesn't strike me as that hard to separate some of those like key failures from what's going on now and, and from advice that's clearly good on an individual level about vaccines. Like, it's just, I don't want to hear another anti-vaxxer be like, but Tuskegee. And like, yeah. okay, that's not, I'm sorry. I get, I get that as a reason people mistrust. Uh, sure. Yeah. hundred percent. But like, if I'm talking to some fucking white liberal from California and they're like Tuskegee, I'm like, all right, shut up. That's <laughs> yeah. Not. I think the point of that, of Tuskegee was that upper middle class white Americans are definitely targeted yeah. for, um, yeah, that, that was the point, right? That's what happened in Tuskegee. Yeah. And I shouldn't have said liberal. I mean, I because I'm in California, I do run into some uh, anti-vaxxers that are not conservative, you know, right, and, yeah. and they do exist. So that was what jumped to my mind. But well, this is uh, this is horrible. It's something that I want to literally uh, I might try to actually send this to my mom. I'm curious if I sent this to my mom and said, hey, remember how, you know, me and our members of our conservative family disagreed on the, the science? 
this might be evidence that's relevant to that question of maybe who had the right take there. If you do that, I would be super interested in a follow-up about how that that goes. Yeah. I, I would like to think that this would be persuasive to people. I would like you to imagine whatever the least satisfying, <laughs> you know, result would be and imagine that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and the least satisfying result isn't just like, no, 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 I can't see it. I can't see it. The least satisfying result is like, Oh, yeah, maybe that's true. Anyway, um, Thanksgiving, do you guys want, you know, like that? It'll be something like that, yeah. you know, like just completely disregard or avoiding what, you know, like contending with it. That's what I get often. I'm, with, I'm very with familiar things. with this dynamic, yeah. <laughs> Change of subject. It would be more satisfying is not the right word, but it would, it would feel better to at least be like disagreeing in a way that means they're committed to like actually f trying to figure out the truth, that would yeah, be better. Yeah, I agree. I, I tend to veer toward engagement myself. Yeah. But. Well, fantastic science thingy. We give it uh, several palps up. Yeah. Good news about the spider palps. They believe in science, so there weren't a bunch of excess deaths in the spider palp <laughs> yes. community, the spider community. So the, the palps are still palping. Spider palps are notorious for their rigorous science education, I've mm -hmm. noticed. Yeah. And so the palp system rates this as uh, two spider palps way up. Yeah, I think, right? I, we need to figure out the scale. Like, I don't like only having like zero palps to two palps. It's oh, not that's granular true. enough. That's, yeah, no, you're right. We need like, we need like hundreds of palps, <laughs> like hundreds of them. Like if there's a hundred palps, which means what, 50 spiders? Is that there's what we So many spiders, yeah. They each get a couple, uh, mm -hmm. for one for backup emergency purposes. Yeah. Then, uh, so if there's uh, 50 spiders in a room and they're raiding the science thingy, how do you think, uh, how do you think their palps would... <laughs> <laughs> and also it's compli it's a complicated metaphor because it's like the good thing is if both the palps break off like if you don't lose both your palps <laughs> it's like a unsatisfying spider sexual experience i think yeah. so it's a catch-22 it's very hard to use the scale i don't know we're gonna have to work on All it right, we'll just work on a new scale <laughs> that, that scale gets two palps way down so we'll work <laughs> on another one <laughs> all right uh thanks so much for listening and again reminder please please support the show patreon.com slash serious pod uh so that um Lindsay can can afford to still research stuff like this full time for us i got Give free ramen this, noodles uh, in the laundry room the other day so it was pretty cool <laughs> what does that Ap mean apropos so like, of nothing okay one of you doesn't have to pledge now <laughs> but everybody else does i don't yep. know what the what does that mean <laughs> So if you were going to play, if one of you was going to pledge, pledge your pledge minus one cup of noodles dollar amount. Is that the point here? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, no, pledge the full amount. She needs more ramen noodles. Let's face mm -hmm. it. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Get vaccinated. Get your boosters, please. And uh, continue to trust the overwhelming scientific consensus. Thank you so much for listening to Serious Inquiries Only. If you like the show, the absolute best thing you can do is support us at patreon.com slash seriouspod. The second best thing you can do is please share it on social media or by word of mouth. Speaking of social media, follow me on Twitter at seriouspod. If you'd like to be Facebook friends, send me a request at facebook.com slash thomaspodcast. If you're not up for that level of intimacy, that's fine. Maybe you want to join the discussion at facebook.com slash groups slash SIO members. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>